Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. He did a dream, a dream that Here's your host, Simo Bucket. They gonna love me for my ambition. And I wish I could get everything going, but my laptop just froze. Anyway, we're getting it going here on the Hooper's Log Live for Monday, March 14th, 2016. And I'm sure, as all you know, as you basketball fans out there, you're just kind of taking your deep breath today as you get a little bit of a break before the first four begin tomorrow and Wednesday. And then March Madness on Thursday. Then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you got your you got your forty eight games waiting for you for the four day weekend. Those of you heading out to Vegas to put money on the games. You know what I'm talking about. If you want to call in and talk about college basketball, please feel free to do so. The phone number is three two three six four two one five five eight. And also if you want to join our ESPN tournament challenge Go check it out. Uh, we are the Hooper's Log. Uh, search for us, the uh, Hooper's Log, or just Hooper's Log. You will find us. Feel free to join today. If you do, you can get on in and you can become a part of our show. And, and, and if you win, you can come in and boast on the show. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? Bragging rights, winning that money. I know those of you going to Vegas right now, I'm telling you, if I could go to Vegas right now, I would do it. I would get there in a heartbeat. I know the hotel prices are going to skyrocket for the weekend, considering the first weekend of college March Madness. Oh, it's crazy. And Selection Sunday was yesterday. Joe Lenardi was not happy about it. Um, if you want to go check out his article, do so. Obviously, uh, he was upset from multiple perspectives, knowing that he was off by three teams. Um, he's normally right on the button when it comes to his correctness, and uh, unfortunately this time he was not. Um, and he got a little upset about a lot of things, which, again, I agree with him from the perspective that he's upset. Uh, but the guy is not perfect in picking teams, and the committee isn't either. No one's perfect in picking these 60, 68 teams in college basketball, and this year it was especially hard. Don't get me wrong, Syracuse might have not deserved to be in there. A team like Tulsa might have been a little bit overrated, but on the whole, this this whole selection process for college basketball is crazy. But we're not going to talk about college basketball today. If you want to call in and talk about college basketball, please do so, 323-642-1558 here on CLNS Radio in the Seat Geek Studios. My name is Simo Buckets. Andrew Norris is not feeling well today. We'll try and get him on today. If he comes on, if he does, we will get him in the studio. Uh, and if he does not get in here, it's all good. It happens. It, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I am here, and we're here to talk about some NBA. Obviously, a lot of NBA happened over the weekend. Some really crucial moments in the world of the NBA 
occurred over the weekend when it came to wins, teams playing well, teams getting out there in front, and really making a name for themselves, trying to dominate the world of basketball, as you can tell. And a lot of teams really kind of coming out of nowhere over time. And over these next couple of days, we're going to try and hit upon the NBA bases, get you a little bit up to speed before we get into March Madness, because obviously this show will be taken over by college basketball on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then we'll try to jump back into the NBA on that Monday if if we can. Uh, we should be able to, we should be okay with it, and we should be able to get back on it. But as you know, the world of college basketball runs the world right now, and that's the way it should be for March Madness officially. For those of you who follow the, the tournament, we'll get underway here tomorrow and officially will be really underway on Thursday when you have the first 16 games and you have 16 games Friday, eight games, eight games Saturday, and then eight games Sunday leading you on into uh, the new season of spring in 2016. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a nutso time of year here over the next week, but it's the best time of the year in the world of basketball. We're here on the Hoopers Log Live, episode 92. Again, if you want to call in, feel free to do so. 323-642-1558. If you're listening to the Apple Podcast, I thank you again for listening. Those of you who listen to the Apple Podcast, I know you're being sponsored by uh, SeatGeek now. If you want to check out the SeatGeek app, feel free to do so. You get a, you get a, a promo code through Boston Celtics. If you ever go to listen to our Boston Celtics postgame shows, you can get the promo code there. Kevin Hart, I see Kevin Hart in the building. I see him. Yell it out, Kevin. Let's get it going. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. We're going to really talk about the NBA today, really. I mean, we, we if you want to check out anything about the world of college basketball and the selection Sunday, and all that stuff that happened, uh, feel free to do so. Episode 91 was from on Sunday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, an hour-long show really breaking down the brackets and what happened and kind of our agreements, disagreements, everything that really happened there. Go check that out from Sunday. That is episode 91. And if you have the Hooper's Log on your iTunes account, you know what's up. You've already probably heard it. Go hear it again if you'd like to, if you want to hear about the world of college basketball and what happened over the weekend. But we're here to talk about we're here to talk NBA today and really talk to you about what to expect and what's going to happen? What's happened over the last couple of days, three days, or four weeks, or, or four days or so? Um, Kobe, Kobe Bryant mentioned in the news today after he played the Knicks um, that he's really, really geared up for retirement now. I mean, the guy he said, "Look, poor shoulder uh, injuries, just everything is mounted up throughout his career." Now it's about now it's about a month to go. He has fully admitted he is he is more than really really ready to retire. And you talk about the perfect timing for him, really from the perspective of this guy has been in the league for 20 years and he's been, he's seen it all from the standpoint of, you know, a legend, a career all-time legend, someone who's been in the game for as long as he has. I mean, Kobe Bryant finally just, just getting on his knees and being like, man, I'm done. Like I can't do this anymore. What perfect timing though, to announce his retirement back in November and now saying, um, you know, as we have about a month left, he's just trying to do all he can to get on the court at times. I mean, he can only get on the court for 15, 10, 15 minutes a game at this point in time. And he's just admitting it, man, I'm done. You know, I'm done with I'm done with the game. I'm done with what we have to put forth. And he knows also on top of that that the Laker organization is on a run where they have a bunch of young guys coming in trying to play the way that they're going to play. And, and they're trying to be successful now. I mean, they are. I mean, look, they're, they're only, they only have 14 wins this year. They are. They're the second-worst team in the NBA. But when it comes to their ability to improve, you've seen it over the last, uh, over the last week or so when they beat the Golden State Warriors, when they, when they played tough against some other teams over the week. They, they, have, they have shown that they're getting better, and they're going to be a better team uh, when time comes and when they get a better draft pick this year. 
you're going to see a team that's going to absolutely just just take off and, and speed up and be one of those good teams in the NBA. I mean, Minnesota Timberwolves are in the same kind of boat. They're getting better, too, just because they're all young. They're all young right now. Wait till the NBA starts to turn itself around when it comes to the youth movement that's coming in right now. And you'll see Minnesota, the, the Lakers, you'll see the Pelicans come back up there, the, the Nuggets definitely, and the Jazz, of course. The, all these teams are going to come back and really revamp the NBA and come back into contention. Um, unfortunately, as you can tell in the Western Conference, the Jazz are just starting to fall off a little bit, 31-35. and 35. They've played 66 games. They've got about 16 games left in the season, and they're two games back of a playoff spot. They can still get in, but the chances are low now at this point. With Dallas playing the way that they've been playing, Houston holding treading water, Portland Trailblazers clearly look like a team that they're trying to win. They look like they're trying to win 45 games this year. Memphis looks like they're going to win 50 again. Uh, the Clippers, Oklahoma City, Spurs, Warriors, that's the class of the West right now, but the top eight teams look like they're going to stay hold. They're going to hold their ground. They're going to hold their water, and they're going to find a way to stay in that postseason conversation. The only team really battling there right now is the Utah Jazz. And, and really, though, I, I don't really see it changing that much in the Western Conference. I mean, you have these eight teams, and they've all been the same teams from a year ago. Think about it. I mean, except for the Pelicans, obviously the Oklahoma City Thunder are healthy this year. They've won just about as many games as they won last year. They won 45 last year. They they only have 44 right now. So they're on pace to win. They're on pace to win. I wouldn't say 60 games, but they're definitely on pace to win 55, 50 games this season. And you know, from a year ago, that is immensely better. This is a year where I see the Western Conference getting a 42, 43 win team getting in the postseason. And who would have thought that would have been the case, considering last year you had the Oklahoma City Thunder getting 45 to contend for the postseason. But it looks like those eight teams are going to hold true. The only true difference coming in now is Oklahoma City and New Orleans. I think Dallas and Houston can, can flip-flop with Utah throughout the season. But I think Utah has proven this year they're not they, – they did not take the step to get into the postseason. Now, have they taken steps, leaps, and bounds as an organization? Absolutely. They're getting much better. They're going to win 40 games this year, in my opinion. I think they're going to come that close to a playoff spot. They're not going to get in. But they're going to come that close to a playoff spot. And even if they don't get in and they just come in at a very close, if they come in very close, that's a pretty big step for them considering the youth that they have on that team and the amount of growth they've made throughout the season. So I don't really see it much changing in the West um, as it comes from the standings now. In the East, everyone has all these high expectations for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And everyone thought that last year the Cavs did so great. Well, remember during the regular season, the Cavs did not play all that well. They, they won 55 games or 60 games, if I'm not uh, – actually, I think they won like 56, 55 games last season, if I'm not mistaken. They got off to a slow start, and they finished the season very hot. And they got in, and they got into the postseason, and they dominated. And, and outside of the Toronto Raptors, this really is the class of the Eastern Conference. And everyone's looking at the Cavs like, oh, they're just playing with a bunch of scrubs in the East. Well, let's be honest, the Atlanta Hawks last season were just overachieving. And, look, it's, it's been proven. Three, four – out of the bottom four teams in the Eastern Conference in the playoff discussion, the Atlanta Hawks are within that bottom four. Last year they were the top team in the Eastern Conference in the regular season, but look who's with them. Three of those four teams in the bottom four outside the Atlanta Hawks are all brand-new teams entering the postseason. And the three teams that have been the biggest disappointment who are considering not being in the postseason, who are, their spots were taken, Charlotte, Indiana, and Detroit, who have all taken these teams' spots, Chicago, Washington, and Milwaukee, they've all played very disappointing basketball. Obviously the Bulls have had some injuries. They, they have an excuse. The Wizards have no excuse. They have played unbelievably uninspiring basketball this season. Paul Pierce should not make that much of a difference when he's off your team. 
They have been that bad. 30 and 35 is not an okay record for a team with the kind of talent that they have. And the Milwaukee Bucks are clearly still young. But Giannis Antetokounmpo had it with his fourth triple double in 11 ball games. You're talking about a guy now who's turning into a perennial all-around player. Is he a superstar? No, not quite. But when it comes to an all-star selection, he's coming up on that opinion here coming up in 2016-2017 for next season as he could be one of the faces of that franchise and one of the faces of the Eastern Conference when LeBron James starts to fade off into in the, the late portions of his career. He could really take over the Eastern Conference in the opinion of others. He could be one of those guys. Jonathan Antetokounmpo is turning that in, but the team itself has been a big-time disappointment, and, and there's really no other way to put it. And even though the East, ha- even though the Cavaliers have had such a big expectation in the Eastern Conference to dominate, you can't knock off what the Raptors have done. 44-20 and 20 in their first 64 ball games, looking like a team that really is on pace to try and match the Cavs and win 55 games this season and try and get on that pace to really get into the postseason with the heavy arch that they've been playing. They've been playing great basketball. Look, we've got about 15, 16 games left in the regular season, and Toronto's only two and a half out of the first spot. Do I think they're going to pass the Cavs? No. I, think, I still think the Cavs are head and shoulders, knees and ankles, toes and toes and, and, and feet above everybody in the, in the Eastern Conference talent-wise. And it's not even close. They're just cruising. They're on cruise control. They're still dominating their conference, dominating at home. And for that to be the case for this team, you're looking at a potential situation where they could, again, just dominate through the Eastern Conference and get to the NBA Finals with a very relatively easy structure. Again, I know they play the Pistons right now in the first round if they started today. They play uh, definitely what it would look like to be a Boston Celtics or Miami team in the second round, which I think they would handle easily. And then maybe Toronto in the final round. And, and I think that's a relatively easy schedule for them. But when it comes to their expectations of absolutely dominating the regular season, look, last year they didn't necessarily do that. They just got on a hot pace. They got better than what they did, and they just, they just flat out played great basketball down the stretch to dominate. We still have a stretch of basketball here where a lot of teams could come out and prove otherwise that they're ready to dominate in the final half of the season, the final quarter of this season. And we're seeing it now in a team like in the Charlotte Hornets, who are the perfect example, as they have been playing unbelievable basketball over the last you know, couple weeks or so. They've won seven in a row, eight and two in their last ten. And 37-28, and 28, they could potentially grab that fourth spot before we know it. They're only a half game back of Miami and, and a game and a half back of Boston. They could grab the three seed before the season's over. This was a team I said before the season. You know, obviously Indiana's played great. Detroit has been, definitely boosted their morale as, a pro, as an organization. But Charlotte is a team that has all the talent in the world and has a chip on their shoulder heading into this season where people thought, you know, they didn't have a chance. They didn't have the capability to do what we all thought they could do. And they have found a way to sneak themselves into the middle pack of that Eastern Conference and potentially get a home, home selection in the first round. They could be the home team against Miami right now in the beginning of the first round. And who knows, if they get that three spot, they would play the Atlanta Hawks and they would get the home court advantage. I'm just saying, Charlotte looks like the team that is, that is clicking right now. They're the hottest team in the NBA right now, winning seven in a row. Everyone's talking about Golden State, San Antonio, Oklahoma, all these teams that are, that are much better talent-wise. But Charlotte truly is. The, hard, the, the hottest team going right now in the NBA. Let's recap for you what happened over the weekend in the NBA before we get to some other news. Obviously, the Hornets beat the Pistons on Friday, 118-103. to I don't have any wet boys. The performances have been really bogged down by college basketball. It happens this time of year. It, it's, just, it's just the nature of the beast. 76ers beat the next 95-89 there. Again, not really a big game there. Rockets beat the Celtics to go to 33-32, to 102-98. Celtics have been kind of falling off a little bit lately, but that's going to happen late in the season when teams start hitting the wall. Heat beat the Bulls 
118-96, can the Heat keep chugging along? Grizzlies beat the Pelicans in overtime, 121-114. to Look, I thought the Pelicans were kind of falling off, or excuse me, the Grizzlies were kind of falling off. I think they're a team that's coming back to realization that they are good enough to compete in the Western Conference. Timberwolves beat the Thunder, 99-96. The Thunder have had quite a brutal weekend this weekend, and a loss to the Timberwolves did not help heading into Saturday. Jazz beating the Wizards, 114-93. Again, the Jazz trying to hang around, trying to get into that conversation of the playoff spot. They're doing so, beating teams like the Wizards. They're doing what they're supposed to do to stay in the conversation. Magic beat the Kings, 107-100. to They're getting it done on Friday. Wizards, uh, Warriors destroy the Blazers, going 58-6, and 128-112 to over the Blazers on Friday. Getting it done there again, 58-6, and 29-0 at home, dominating again. Klay Thompson had 37 points in that one. They just absolutely went off, and the Clippers beat the Knicks on Friday, 101-94. to uh, We're seeing it again here in the uh, in the NBA where good teams are starting to win when they're supposed to win. It's the dog days of the NBA again. There's kind of two dog day periods in the NBA if you, if you don't really recognize or know what's really going on. The NBA really has – two separate dog day periods they have you have the march period then you have the uh then you have the uh, um outside of march then you have obviously january january and march are really the toughest times in the nba because january is right before the all-star break and march is tough because obviously no one's really paying attention but on top of it uh that's when all the good teams start to kind of flounder because their their expectations for getting to the postseason are high they're trying to get to where they want to get to and trying to see what they're trying to do and, and you name it and things of that nature you know start to occur when it comes to what's going to happen. Unfortunately, my studio right now is breaking down, so I can't see anyone if anyone decides to call. But the phone number if you'd like to call in and listen is 323-642-1558. I'm just going to close out of everything and restart. This is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Welcome to my life in the world of the Hooper's Log as the Internet decides to poo-poo on me and decides to screw with me as I keep moving forward. Um, And on a Saturday, now the the key game on Saturday, obviously, was between the San Antonio Spurs and the Oklahoma City Thunder, a game, again, where you saw the best – I'm I'm going to say this, and I know people are going to look at me and be like, you're crazy, what are you talking about, what do you you mean? This is the best San Antonio Spurs team I've ever seen. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, it's my team and I grew up watching this team and and I was born there and – and all that other stuff. You know, I live out here in the Pacific Northwest, but I was born there, and, and, I, and I've grown a connection with this team, especially since the Sonics have left. Um, they were kind of my split team, the Sonics and the, and the Spurs. But this Spurs team has really th- – their roles are unbelievable. I mean, they are unbelievable when it comes to their roles. I mean, Saturday was a, ga- was a game where walking into it, you were thinking, okay, you know, if, as long as they get the victory, it's good. They absolutely destroyed the Thunder, and they beat the Thunder the way that a good, a good defensive overall team would beat a team. 93-85, they beat the Thunder on Saturday night. LaMarcus Aldridge went off for 24-9. And I'm telling you, I know Kawhi Leonard's being, being ramped up as being the next, one of the next best overall players in the NBA, but I don't know any other player that you would rather have on your team leading your overall squad than Kawhi Leonard. This guy came out on Saturday night and proved that he is um, – he proved – that he is more than just a defensive juggernaut on the defensive side of the ball. He proved that he can make step-back jumpers. He can make individual shots off the dribble. He can make his teammates better. He can do this. He can do that. I mean, he can back down players in the post. He can, he can make a quick little bunny jumper in the lane. This guy has proven that his offensive game has taken a whole separate level now. And just wait till he grows even better into his body next season. I think next season will be a year where he is a legitimate MVP candidate 
Now, if the Spurs do finish the season with the best record in the NBA, he may win the MVP of the year. 32-0 and now are the San Antonio Spurs at home. And at one point, the Thunder were playing very well against the Spurs in the first half. But the Spurs defense shut down the Thunder 19 points in the third quarter and 17 points in the fourth quarter. Spurs just chugged along and kept scoring 20, 21, 27 in the fourth. They find ways to just – they find ways – to get it done when it's not the prettiest of ways. And they absolutely shut down the Thunder. 85 points for the Thunder on Saturday night. And Kevin Durant had 28 of that 85. Think about that. If Kevin Durant wasn't on the floor, the Thunder might have only scored 70, 75 points. That is how unbelievable the Spurs were on this night. And the Thunder are one of the more talented, if not the most talented, deepest team in the NBA from the standpoint of talent. And the Spurs just – their roles are unbelievable, and I, and I know it's I know it's my team, and I know people don't want to hear this because the Warriors again won on Saturday. They beat the Suns one twenty three to one sixteen, or fifty nine and six. Obviously, thirty and zero at home. Unbelievable there by the by the by the Warriors again. Steph Curry going off for thirty five and six. But this Spurs team and their roles and what they've done, it is uh, it is incredible. You have a team like you know manager nobly, uh, an old ancient sixth man who can come off the bench play soccer-style basketball. Uh, you got a guy like – now you got Andre Miller, one of, the, one of the more savvy veterans, if not the oldest player in the NBA, on the team. Kevin Martin, an awkward shooting, uh, shooting guard who can come off the bench, a guy who can fill a void for five, ten minutes of ball game in case you need someone to come in and spark, the, spark a buzz. Patty Mills, he's turning into one of the best backup point guards in all of basketball. Is he a sixth man? No. Is he the best one off the bench? No. But is he, is he just pulling his weight when it comes to coming off the bench and creating a separate – separate brand of offense to get the, get the team going. He absolutely is doing that. And, and, and if you would have told me back in 2012, 2013, when the Spurs played the NBA Finals, that Patty Mills, when he didn't even play in that Finals, would come out three years later and be, put the impact on the team that he has now, I would have told you you're lying. This guy has turned into one of the better bona fide sh- uh, point guards in the NBA off the bench. And I can't really think of a better guy to come off my bench than Patty Mills. The guy has energy. The guy has heart. The guy has determination. Is everything you want from a young guy and a guy who's getting paid what he's getting paid to play off the bench, he's doing everything you want in a point guard. And that's the best part about the Spurs is they get all of their players to play their best ability and the, the highest of their capabilities. And you're seeing that in a guy in Patty Mills. Obviously, I mentioned him. Danny Green, starting shooting guard. Perfect, perfect complement to the other four guys in LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Tim Duncan, and, uh, and Tony Parker. An unbelievable compliment. A guy who can shoot from the perimeter and has also developed his inside game. Uh, you got a guy in, uh, in Simmons who's, who's coming in at times when, when, when you just need a gritty, gutty performance, and you're getting that from him. Kawhi Leonard, a near-MVP candidate, one of the best small forwards in the NBA now, no debate. David West just wants to win. That's all he has, and that mentality that he brings to the team is a refresher for them to remind them that a championship is so hard to get. Matt Bonner, your, your two-minute guy to come in at the game, at the end of the game or beginning of the game or middle of the game to just kind of give, you, give someone a breather. Tim Duncan, unbelievable, all-time greatest power forward of all time. He is not a top 200 player, people. He's not. But when it comes to his leadership, it's always there. LaMarcus Aldridge, still one of the top power forwards in the game, and he may find a way to get back into that all-NBA category as a top three point power forward in all time. But Boban Marjanovic, that really tall, seven-foot-plus guy, on that team, he comes in off the bench and provides a spark for size off the bench. Boris Diaw, another stretch four that can find a way to get you the ball passing, shooting the ball from outside, setting up the perimeter, playing a point guard at some times. You see that. And then Kyle Anderson, the young guy from UCLA, finally growing into his body. 
and growing into his game has it all. They have it all. I mean, people talk about the Warriors and how great they've been, and, and, and there's no, no doubt that they have been an unbelievably legendary team. But 56-10, and 32-0 at home, I'm telling you, I, I will have, when these two teams face off, because it's going to happen, when these two teams face off in the Western Conference Finals and they, they get ready for it in mid-May, I will have a speech ready that will, as a Spurs fan, that will get the Warriors fans kind of on their feet and remind them, look, this Spurs organization, 19 straight years of postseason, of postseason play, 19 straight years of, of over 50 wins. Now, granted, obviously the 98 season, they didn't get 50 wins because there wasn't enough games. But outside of that 98 season, 50-plus wins per year. And they keep doing it every single year. And they've been doing this since I was 12 years old. I'm 25. I'm 25. They've been doing this since I was five years old. They've been this good for forever. And to see what they've put together and to see the way that they're beating really good teams in the NBA, wait till they play the Warriors in seven games. I'm telling you, I'm not a, I'm not a forgetter. I don't forget history. The last time when the Spurs won, went to the NBA Finals in 2012-2013, in fact, the only time they've ever lost in the NBA Finals, that's that run in the Western Conference, the only team that gave them troubles was the Warriors, and people forget because the Warriors didn't play in 2013-2014 in the postseason. They played in 2012-2013, but they lost to the Spurs in six. And that was the hardest, that was the hardest opponent outside of the Heat, obviously because the Heat were the best team in the NBA that year, no debate. But the Warriors were the toughest opponent for the Spurs, and no one believed in them at that time. But now everyone thinks that they're the greatest thing since sliced bread, and they've only been doing it for a year and a half. Three years ago, three and a half years ago, when they played the Spurs in the in the in the, in the uh, playoffs, that was the only team that the Warriors gave gave them a problem. Because remember, the Spurs played the Lakers, they dominated. Spurs played the Warriors, went to six. Spurs played the Memphis Grizzlies, they dominated. They, I think the only two losses they had in the Western Conference postseason were against the Warriors. So the Warriors do pose a threat to the Spurs. Last time the Spurs played them in the postseason, they posed a threat. It's been three years though. This team is a lot different than San Antonio Spurs. They are, and I'm going to say it. I've been watching this team for my whole life, since I was nine years old, and this is the best Spurs team I've ever seen. From the standpoint of roles, from the standpoint of understanding, from the standpoint of chemistry, from the standpoint of, you know, there's so much mixture and, and, and roster rotation that you can make with this team, and you can really pick your poison with what you want to put together on the floor. And what they did against the Thunder on Saturday really solidified that this team is just, is just the best overall basketball team I think, I think we've ever seen from the standpoint that they can shoot from the outside, but they don't make the outside a priority. They play unbelievable defense. 85 points against the – I don't care where they're playing. 85 points against the Thunder is unheard of. It is unheard of. And especially when Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook go off for a combined – I believe they went off for a combined 47 points. They scored more than half their points for their team. When you can shut down the others the way the Spurs did, that's how you win championships. Look – when the Spurs play the Warriors in May, and I can guarantee you when they play them in a week from now, which, by the way, five days from now, Warriors go to San Antonio. That is a huge game. I've been telling you for the last month and a half, that is the only game that I look forward to now in the NBA regular season. It really is. It really is because we already kind of know as of now, especially now, we really know who's the teams to beat in the Western Conference. We know who the teams are to beat in the Eastern Conference. We know what's ready. We know what's coming. We know what's coming in mid-April. We know what's coming. But when it comes to 
the regular season, it's those final games between the Warriors and Spurs. And I don't think the Spurs will really show their cards and their hand come uh, late April near the, or mid-April to the end of the season, uh, regular season when those two teams – I don't think the Spurs will really play their guys because once they lock up that second seed, they're not going to – I don't think they're going to try and shoot for the one seed if the Warriors are still there. The Warriors start falling off and losing games. Don't get, don't get me wrong. I think the Warriors – I think the Spurs will then try to get that one seed, but they won't try and kill themselves getting it. Warriors, as we know, are on a different plan. They're on a different, they're on a different stratosphere of trying to play the ball, play the, play the game right. And they're trying to break a record. They are. And, and kudos to them. 59-6 and six after beating the Suns on Saturday. I mean, they have 59-6. and six. And tonight they're going for 60-6 and six as they play the Pelicans. I'll give you my picks later. But let me just finish this thought. The Spurs and Warriors, if they play in May, it's going to be the greatest, it's going to be the greatest matchup we've ever seen. And reason being is both of these teams have figured out the sport of basketball. They have. They have. We've seen the Bulls figure it out. We've seen the Lakers in the 2000s figure it out. We've seen multiple Spurs teams figure out, obviously, you know, in the the mid-2000s. We saw them figure it out. We saw the Pistons figure. We've seen teams figure out the NBA, the basketball, the right way. And the modern-day era of the basketball world in the NBA is the Spurs and the Warriors. And I really think, because people forget, two years ago the Spurs won the title – I really think that that will be the NBA Finals. Look, I know LeBron will probably be rested playing going into game set, going into going into the NBA Finals this year because I think we all know the Cavs are going to be there. Uh, whoever comes out of that Warriors Spurs uh, Western Conference Finals is is going to have a huge leg up, just home records alone. And you're going to see it coming up here on March 19th, which again five days from now is I, I really can't. I mean, I know it's in the middle of March Madness. I know it's in the middle of the first week of March Madness, but that is the one game in the NBA that I will dedicate myself to turn away from March Madness for a split second because I can't think of a better game to watch because the Warriors obviously are chasing history. The Spurs are undefeated at home. The Spurs are still chasing that one spot. They're only they're only three and a half games back of a one spot. And if the Warriors slip up at all with the way the Spurs have been playing, you can guarantee the Spurs are trying to get there and get to that level. The Spurs are on pace for 70 wins still. If they finish out the regular season and win, they tie the Bulls' record. It won't happen. It won't happen that way. But who's to say they can't finish the season 14-2? and two? They have 16 games to go, 56-10. and 10. They can finish the season 14-2, and two, lose two of those games to the Warriors, and finish 70-12. and 12. That is not that – that's unbelievable. Anytime you sniff that 70-win mark, you're, you're unbelievable. As, a, as an organization, you are. And they're there. The Spurs are there. And people think that if the Warriors are light years ahead of the Spurs right now, you're out of your mind. You're, you are absolutely out of your mind. Every time the Warriors play the Thunder, what happens late in the game? The Thunder find a way to creep back in. They find a way to keep it close. And, yes, they can't finish. I will not debate the Thunder cannot finish a game against the Warriors. They haven't. They didn't do it all year. They couldn't do it all year. But they kept it close. The, the Spurs absolutely annihilated the Thunder on Friday or on Saturday night. I'm sorry. Like that game in the fourth quarter, that was one of those games where you saw greatness like really float to the top. You saw the cream rise in that game. You really did. And the Warriors and the Spurs on Saturday, I can't promote it enough because obviously we only have two days to talk about the NBA because obviously the NBA is going to disappear on Thursday and Friday. But Saturday it'll make a it'll make a comeback. Obviously with that game, and I may talk about that game on Sunday because we're going to have shows on. We're going to have two shows Friday, two, or two shows Thursday, two shows Friday to really talk about March Madness and, to, and recap the games and talk about the games and give you expectations of what to expect over the weekend on Saturday and Sunday. So Saturday we'll have one show, and then Sunday we'll have one show. 
I believe on Saturday we're going to talk a little bit about this game because if we have a night show on Saturday, you can guarantee that we'll talk about the Warriors and Spurs. So I will be watching that one, and I'll be watching that with a bag of popcorn and my girlfriend to my side. It's going to be an unbelievable game between those two teams. And, and, and with the way that they're playing, I don't know how you can't expect that to be one of the greatest matchups in NBA history. Other games from Saturday, Pacers beat the, Pacers beat the Mavericks 112 to 105. Hornets beat the Rockets 125 to 109. Pistons beat the 76ers 125 to 111. Heat lose to the Raptors in overtime 112 to 104. Again, the Raptors keep covering pace. Again, only a couple game and a half back of the, uh, two and a half games back of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Hawks beat the Grizzlies 95 to 83. Pelicans, they get, they get dominated by the Bucks Again, uh, Chris Milton near, near triple double in that one. Spurs beat the Thunder, as I mentioned, 93-85. Nuggets beat the Wizards, 116-100. Warriors, again, 59-6. 123-116 over the Suns. And the Trail Wizards beat the Magic, 121-84 on Saturday night. Yesterday in the NBA on Sunday, again, LeBron James dominating the Clippers as they destroy the Clippers, 114-90 in L.A. Again, the Clippers, the Cavs have all, this, all these high expectations to succeed at a high level, and they're winning games they're supposed to win, and they're dominating against teams that are very good. The Clippers are not a slouch. They're a top-four team in the West, no debate. They're, a, they're one of those teams in the Western Conference you're going to see that's just that is just you – know, they're going to compete for a championship, the Clippers are. And the Cavs just destroyed them. So that should give you an idea of just how good the Cleveland Cavaliers are. LeBron James near triple-double again, 27 points, six rebounds, five assists. Unbelievable game there by him. And, and, and Chris Paul had 10 assists himself, but – LeBron James is absolutely dominating again for that ball club. Hawks beat the Pacers 104 to 75, dominating affair there by the Hawks on Selection Sunday. Jazz beat the Kings 108 to 99. Bucks beat the Nets 109 to 100, and the Knicks beat the Lakers 80, or excuse me, 90 to 87. And the Knicks keep on winning. They're trying to keep pace in that Eastern Conference. I don't think it's going to happen, but they're still only five games back of a playoff spot. They they have to play very well down the stretch to even be considered into the playoffs okay so we got about six minutes left on the show we're going to get out of here quickly we're only going to do about a 40 minute show today to get you on out of here just we talked about the nba we talked about it in length today today was steph curry's birthday by the way and the golden state warriors will try to go to 60 and 6 to be the fastest team to ever get to 60 wins in nba history tonight on stephen curry's birthday who knows steph curry might go off for 60 points himself for the 60th win in during this season um Ben Simmons also just for you know uh, just some NBA, just some college basketball news. Ben Simmons apparently signed with LeBron's agent, um, and now he is looking towards going to the NBA, which we all knew was going to happen anyway. But he's going to make it to the NBA, and he looks like a guy that is more than willing, ready to just dominate the league. And and I heard something crazy on Friday, and I know I heard I know I talked about this on Friday, but obviously the whole comments by by guys like uh by guys like um oh man I can't believe I blanked on his name. Uh, wow, this is bad. See, this is what happens when you do a show by yourself and you don't have anyone to do a co-host with because then you can't, you can't bounce balls, bounce, bounce conversations off the wall with. Uh, it's really frustrating. Um, but Colin Coward was his name. And Colin Coward, he, just, he made a comment about how Ben Simmons will only average 11 points in the NBA in his rookie year. I mean, you've got you to be kidding me, right? Like 11 points in his rookie year. LeBron James averaged 20 points in his rookie year, and people are comparing Ben Simmons to LeBron James. I think Ben Simmons will average 17 points a game. I don't think he'll be unbelievably, you know, scoring the basketball. He'll remember, he's a lot like Devin Booker. What, what's going to happen when it comes to the scoring aspect of, of, uh, of Ben Simmons is he's going to be a lot like Devin Booker, a lot like Carl uh, Anthony Towns, a lot like D'Angelo Russell. He's going to start off slow his first month and a half, 
And then come uh, January, February, March, when the Lakers get some more breathing room and they actually get better, you're going to see a guy like Ben Simmons, because he's going to be on the Lakers. Let's be honest. Ben Simmons is going to be on the Lakers. When he's there, he is going to turn into a perennial superstar very quickly. Now, not next year, but come his sophomore season, expect him to be just shooting the lights out, averaging 25 a night. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It, it just, it's just a matter of time with him. Don't think that Ben Simmons is going to come out and be an average player in the NBA. He's going to be a perennial superstar for years to come. Let's give you some picks for today. We went 8-2 and two on Saturday. We made no picks on Sunday because it was Selection Sunday. There were only five games anyway. It wouldn't have mattered if we made picks, so who cares. But we have nine games today. There are games on ESPN, obviously, um, as the tournament gets started on Wednesday. I believe TNT has a couple of shows on Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. They do not. I don't believe that TNT is going to even be on for these for these teams uh, for Thursday because of March Madness. Yeah, there's no games on TNT uh, for Thursday because of March Madness. It's going to be absolutely out of control this week when it comes to college basketball. But we do have you some picks here on uh, on the Hooper's Log for the uh, for the day of Monday. We had nine games, nine games scheduled. Mavericks play the Hornets, and the Hornets are favored by seven, six and a half in most polls. I have it at six and a half. Take the, take the Mavs plus the six and a half. The Hornets are hot as heck. They're going to win this game, but I think the Mavs will find a way to keep it close. Look, the Mavs have been to 11 or 12 overtime games this year. Think about that. That's a lot of overtime games. They're due for another one. Clearly, if they play in that many overtime games, there's a reason why they play in close games. Seven points, six and a half points is not a good line for them. I think the Mavericks will find a way to keep it close. Get, pick them, take the Mavericks plus six and a half. Nuggets and Heat. The Heat are favored by six, five and a half in the line I'm looking at. Take the Heat. They're going to dominate this one. They should win by 10 at home against the Nuggets. Bulls and Raptors. Raptors are favored by nine and a half, 10 points in the line I'm looking at currently right now. Take the Bulls plus the 10 or the plus the nine and a half. They're going to find a way to keep it close and within seven to eight points in this ballgame. It's going to be close, but I think the Bulls will find a way to keep it close in this one. Pistons and Wizards. Wizards are favored by two. Take the Wizards at home. They're on ESPN. They're going to play well. They're going to play fine. I think they're going to win this ballgame. I think ultimately they're going, to, they're going to keep the Pistons at their heels, and they're going to keep, keep the Pistons close when it comes to the conversation for the playoffs. So take the Wizards minus the two. They're going to find a way to keep it close. Houston and Memphis. Memphis is, is underdogs by 10.5. Take – actually – the Rockets are favored by 10.5. Take the Grizzlies in this one. The Grizzlies have found a way to beat teams they're supposed to beat, and they're doing it. And they're going to beat a team like this tonight in the Rockets, and if not, it's going to be a close one. Take the Grizzlies in this one. I'm telling you, you, get, you will get your money on that one. Oklahoma City and Portland. Oklahoma City is favored by eight. I think Portland's going to win this one. Uh, Oklahoma City is favored by eight points, and even if they lose uh, Portland, they're going to keep it a close game. It'll be about a five- to four-point game in this one. Uh, even if they do lose. So the Trailblazers will find a way to keep close, if not win that ballgame. Timberwolves and Suns. Suns are favored by a point. Do not take the Suns right now. The Suns do not look like they're very good. And the Timberwolves got a young bunch of guys having nothing to lose, really nothing to lose right now, coming out and going to play well. I think the Timberwolves will find a way to get it done in this one. Timberwolves plus one, take it, get it done. Cavaliers and Jazz. Jazz are favored, or Cavs are favored by three and a half, favored by four points in the line that I have. Take the Cavs in this one. They should win by five, ten points. It'll be a dominating performance by them. I'll probably tune into that one at work. And then the final game of the night, obviously, uh, Stephen Curry having his, his birthday today. Uh, Warriors could win their 60th game, the fastest to 60 wins in NBA history. Golden State minus 15 favorite. Do not take that. The Pelicans will the, – the Warriors will win, but they won't win by that much. They're going to win by like 10, not 15. Take the Pelicans plus the 15, and they will find a way to keep it close. Well, we got about a minute left on the show here on the Hoopers Log. As you can imagine, and again, please join 
please join our bracket challenge on ESPN. Just check out the Hooper's Log or Hooper's Log in general, and you will find our bracket up there on the ESPN bracket. Again, thank you again for listening. Watch the basketball tonight in the NBA. Take a deep breath. Get some get some rest. Find a way to just get yourself in the mood for college basketball because, as you know, the next four days, not, not today, or the four days from Thursday all the way through Saturday are going to be insane when it comes to basketball. So take a deep breath. Relax. It's coming. It's going to be here, and everything's going to work itself out. Thank you again for listening to the Hooper's Log. Episode 92 in the book. Episode 93, same time, same place tomorrow on a, on a NBA TV Tuesday. And we'll also talk about the first four games in college basketball. Also, again, we'll be here getting ready, going, hoop, shooting it for you on the Hooper's Log here. March 14th in the books, March 15th tomorrow, episode 93 tomorrow, episode 92 in the books. Have a good one, everybody. Enjoy the basketball.